Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 40th episode of the Aliens vs. Predator Galaxy podcast. Um, this is your co-host, Ridgetop. Joining me today is your administrator, Corporal Hicks. Hey, guys. And also, we have co-host Xenomorphing with us. Welcome all. Okay, so today we have um, kind of a topic of discussion I've been personally thinking about for a while, and that is the state of the expanded universe. I mean, the expanded universe has always been a huge part of the Aliens franchise ever since the second film, with a lot of comics and novels and video games that tell other stories that go way beyond what, what we've seen in the films. And the expanded universe has kind of shifted and evolved over time, in, in my impression. And I feel like it's gone from initially you had a lot of stories that would kind of go off and do their own thing and, and tell these really creative stories that, that weren't really related to the immediate narrative of the films. They just kind of went off and, and did their own thing with other characters. Um, to now you see, ever since Prometheus, you see the expanded universe very intentionally connected um, most of the stories be it novels games and comics have little nods to each other and try and interweave themselves in with the narrative of the films um, i mean we saw that with alien isolation and we're seeing it more with the novels and the comics so i thought we'd talk about kind of a comparison of those two ways of handling the expanded universe of just letting creators do their own thing and tell stories that have aliens in them as opposed to having a very corporate controlled interconnected you know franchise narrative with different uh, media outlets so starting off what, what do you guys think think about how the expanded universe is now starting from prometheus when everything started to be connected like do, do you like what they're doing with the comics and and what are your thoughts i'm gonna put it straight out there and say that i do really enjoy the connected universe the the you know the the whole approach of things being related to each other the problem i think that we're having at the minute is that they're trying to play to into prometheus i think prometheus introduced a lot of elements that can be used i think they're using the wrong stuff i think they're playing too closely with things that ridley scott's going to want to explore with covenant now we already know from our own interviews with the team that worked on Fire and Stone, that they were asked to change elements of the Fire and Stone story because they were treading on the toes of, of what Scott was doing. You know, originally it involved Deacons rather than aliens, and it was going to tie into sort of how the Deacons evolved into the aliens. And I think it's I think it's hamstringing them. I mean, you know, they, they, they're playing on the accelerant a lot as well in, in the finished version. And I, it's going to sound like an utter contradiction, but the feeling I have with Fire and Stone, and I, I think it's playing through into life and death at the minute now, is despite how much happens, it feels like nothing really happens. You know, it's a lot of the pages of the same sort of action with no real, uh, how best to phrase this, not really learning anything. Yeah, it seems like with, with Fire and Stone, it's just kind of been one big survival story that's continuing into into life and death. There haven't been really any uh, revelations into the, some of the questions Prometheus had. It's just been just this big, long survival tale, and I'm, and I'm wondering if, if it'll really go anywhere. In, in the- yeah, I mean, I think what you were getting at with it, especially with the Fire and Stone thing, you you it was hyped up as this that it wasn't necessarily going to explain things, but there would be, you know, you'd have a, a beginning, a middle, and then a satisfying end. Whereas by the end of it, you actually, especially with the one that was hyped, the, the final story that was hyped up as it will tie up all the loose end. And by the end of it, you just felt like 
it had some interesting art, but you would, tr- as a as a reader, you just felt like you were treading water. Uh, the, uh, but I think the the problem with that is that that story chose to be revolving, you know, around the planet in Prometheus, and that's so. I mean, you, as soon as you make that decision, you are painting yourself into a corner. I think if we go back, like those of us who you know we were old enough to have um, picked up the comics and that as they first came out way back then the, there wasn't nearly so much connectedness as there is now like now you had the out of the shadows novel that was the first of the you know the trilogy and then the new novels carrying on from there where we know that it wasn't originally going to feature ellen ripley and then it was fox telling the author we want you to put the character of Ellen Ripley in there whereas when you go back to the older comics especially like on the, the very first Aliens vs Predator one that there's never any mention I think there were one or two of them later on I've mentioned Wayland Utani, but usually it was whenever there was some monolithic corporation it was like the Grant Corporation or an Alien vs Predator it was the Chigusa or something they never mentioned Wayland Utani, and I remember reading them at the time and thinking oh it would have been nice there was like a little mention of this or that or the other but you know they didn't and it's nice to see that diversity because alien and aliens it was represented as very capitalist society so by that virtue you're going to have competition with different corporations so it's nice to see there's different stuff mentioned but there was hardly ever any mention of stuff from the films unless it was like you know the alien creature or sometimes they mentioned the colonial marines especially people too um but now there is it feels sometimes shoehorned like with out of the shadows a lot of the reviews and i kind of agreed with them they they all said out of the shadows would have been a better story if ripley hadn't have been in there so it's to a degree now it's starting to you're starting to feel that studio interference of they want you to mention a b c and d and that's like part of the brief where as opposed to just telling the um the writers yeah okay do your story mention some things if you can do and that's always a lot of, you know, a lot more of a creative way to approach these things, I feel. Yeah. I would just like to sort of mention that this is for both Alien and Predator. Xenomorph, and you mentioned that it was, there wasn't much mention of um, things to do with the films in the comics. But it is important to remember that both, well, I suppose Alien more than Predator, um, they mm. both fed off of that film initially. I mean, at least for the first couple of series, it was a direct sequel to Alien. Yeah. Wayland Utani might not have been have been mentioned, but you know, you you had it was Hicks and Newt originally. It wasn't uh, Wilkes and Billy as they were later renamed. Yeah, the the first two books, but then once they started branching off in, you know, they were able to branch off into all the different, you know, it's no longer a direct sequel to Aliens. It was still that, like, they were operating, like, in a kind of in a vacuum sort of thing. It didn't feel as linked to the film no, as no, the, no. the current batch did. I think that the, the current, I say the current, I think we've really sort of moved on from those books. Yeah, it's a reboot, isn't it? Yeah, Out of the Shadows, um, Sea of Sorrows wasn't really that bad. I mean, its only real sort of connection was that this main character had to be related to Ripley in some fashion or another. But Out of the Shadows and River of Pain were so blatantly tied into the into the original films. Obviously, River of Pain would be because it served as a semi-prequel to Aliens, which that setting in itself wasn't terribly bad. It was more 
I suppose you'll probably get onto this later, Ridgetop, but it was a forced sort of retcon that didn't necessarily fit with the films that, that sort of, um, I think ruined that. Well, I won't say ruined because I thought they were all solid reads, but it was. Are you talking uh, the Marine station? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think that they were bad books. I just think that the forced, the stuff that you could feel the studio wanted in there was the stuff that held the books down. You, you even got some of that in, in the Fire and Stone where I remember when we were talk, had our podcast when we talked about you know what we thought Fire and Stone, what what we did well, what it could have improved. I, I think we mentioned back then like they had these colonists escape from LV426 and we, we said that it didn't make sense because in the film, you know, they Hudson sees all the, the, the PDTs and it says, you know, looks like all of them, they're all moved over to the um, where they're nesting. But, you know, you felt when you're reading the story of Fire and Stone, they didn't, you read it and you thought there's no reason they had to have come from Hadley's Hope. They could have come from either a completely different colony or they could have come from a spaceship that was overrun and infested. There was no need for them to have come from Hadley's Hope. So it was, it was even in the, um, even in the Fire and Stone stuff, just that illusion they yeah, wanted yeah. it to be from Hadley's Hope, but there was no reason for it. In all fairness, that was about the same time though. Yeah, they yeah. had a short, um, spin-off comic called Field Report that kind of further elaborated into this, this retcon and it showed Hicks during the events of Aliens seeing that a, um, that mining vessel had taken up, had taken off the planet and had, you know, escaped essentially. Um, and that was about as far as it went, but it, it, <laughs> showed that they're they're really trying to hard to interweave all these new stories into existing stories. I mean, we're seeing it with the upcoming Predator prequel novel. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, uh, that's my only reaction to that announcement. Well, we'll see. I mean, that that was our reaction when we when we first heard about Amanda Ripley and as well. So who knows how they'll do it? But it, it's just I'm seeing novel after novel after comic after comic. Oh, here's what's going behind the scenes of this story that you're already familiar with. And yeah, they're, they're all trying to put like a new spin on existing material now. I think that's how it's kind of starting to feel, especially with that Predator synopsis that we've read on the um, upcoming novel. I think that's the real issue with EU at the minute. I don't think it's an issue with being connected. It's the fact that they won't leave the original material alone. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's like a lack of confidence in being able to move on with, with original material. I mean, when you have, when we have discussions in, in the forums or, or on Facebook groups or whatever, you know, when we talk about moving away and being original, moving away from Ripley, you know, people like to bring up the AVPs, bring up Prometheus as some sort of example of not being able to do original stuff um, well. It's, you know, it's, it's not a good comparison. That's completely different talents involved. And they are, I don't want to say ruining, because obviously you can't ruin the original stuff, but by sticking close to the original films and starting to tinker with the continuity around them, it's, I don't know, it's, it's hamstringing the creativity. It's making it harder for those invested to sort of suspend their disbelief when it comes to the EU. Because the EU will tend to be a, a teeny bit more out there, you know, than the films will tend to be. The alien stories are already very intricate. And if you're comparing all the films, each film has its own unique vision. And sometimes the films don't even fit together well. So I feel that with Fox... I don't know if they're, they have like a new brand management thing going on with, with the Alien and Predator and AVP franchises, but it really feels like they're, 
they're trying to turn this into a Marvel-esque type franchise where everything is connected. Even with AVP, with the comics, you're seeing it connected to Prometheus. And so I, I feel on some level, the, all the stories will not perfectly fit together. I mean, just look at Wayland with, with Alien versus Predator and with Prometheus. It's never going to fit together. So are they really trying too hard to make everything fit together when it already doesn't? And are they stuck creativity with that? The AVP and Prometheus things, uh, it's a different kettle of fish because, I mean, Anderson always said that the AVPs weren't intended to be a part of, of the original continuities. The version I heard, someone asked him and he said it was meant to be a new franchise. But um, I, I think some one else, there was a later interview where somebody asked him and it was like off the record and he says, yeah, Fox, it's meant to be canon. He approached it as though... It was meant to be canon, but it's because he said this word franchise, which, you know, it was meant to be YVP franchise. It doesn't mean to say it's not part of the same continuity, but, um, you know, in the years since, I think most of the fandom is like, assume those, the Anderson film and Requiem, they choose not to make it part of the canon, but I, I think it will stem from that one word. Fra- it's not the. It was a new franchise, but it's, it's got multiple interpretations. I'm pretty sure it was in in the DVD, and he said that it wasn't meant to be taken as part of those main series. Is it? Was it like one of the um, commentaries or? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's been a long okay. time since I've listened I to them. But... Yeah, I'm going to have to go through them again. But uh, it's it's I, it's I part of my understanding of this franchise. Right, okay. But I mean, at the end of the day, Ridley Scott is currently the the shepherd, I suppose. You know, he's the executive yeah. producer of everything to do with Alien film wise at the minute. He he doesn't give a shit about the AVPs. He doesn't care. But he has never. In his own words, somebody asked him. He said he's never actually seen them, and that led us a lot of us. I think we've mentioned it on one of these podcasts before. That it would be very interesting to be a fly on the wall if he ever did see the <laughs> the Anderson one, because so many like elements are superficially very similar to the same kind of elements that are in Prometheus in terms of how the you know the story goes along they, they so were both sort of looking at the same old age yeah. inspiration though weren't they well I, yeah but even the, you know, like the way you know Wayland approaches he, he addresses the audience blah 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 I think he's just been led into making assumptions about it from friends that said and they said oh don't see this it's rubbish so he's never actually bothered to see it but it might be like with james cameron he, he said he wasn't expecting much and then he said yeah it's one of his guilty pleasures to watch it so for what we know he might actually like it if he ever bothered to see it okay so i read an interview somewhere where damon lindelof uh, when he was revising the script came to ridley scott and said look you have this wayland character yeah there was another wayland character in avp and this might contradict that and ridley scott was just like I don't care. So I can I can take at face value that they're supposed to be different franchises, that the AVP movies, should they ever make another one, are their own separate thing that, that aren't with the continuity of Aliens or Prometheus or, or whatnot. But as far as the expanded universe goes, they are merging Alien versus Predator stories with Prometheus. I mean, everything's... Different. Yeah, but I, it's whether... Yeah, it's whether or not they're meant to now say 
is what happened in Antarctica still part of the continuity or are they like separate from those events or whatever the problem is that I think as you say Fox want their Marvel and they, they, they're seeing this as like a mature Marvel this is their money maker but they go they say right let's get Ridley Scott involved let's get a Giga involved and Ridley Scott's got no interest in watching the you know AVP and that so he just wants to do his own thing and I think that's the problem. They, they're trying to get this artistic talent involved, but they're not necessarily bothered with what's happened before. They know or they remember some of what's happened. But the people they're getting involved to create this new overarching continuity, they haven't necessarily got knowledge of certain things that came before. They just don't care about that. They just want to do the main things. I think that's that's the problem in this. Yeah. Also, looking at the expanded universe, one of the things that that I personally thought of was it seems like there have been kind of three main eras for the expanded universe. Starting right after Aliens, you had the comics that were based on Aliens, and then you had all these other comics branch off, Aliens and Predator, and and APT started. They all did their own thing. You had the earlier novels, you know, so this is like through the 90s up to the, the early 2000s. And then after the AVP films, you had kind of another era where you had all the DH Press novels that came out, like DNA War and Forever Midnight and those novels. And a lot of them went off and told their own stories. Some of them had references to the AVPs, but, but they weren't too heavy on that. Comics like Thrill of the Hunt and Civilized Beasts, and they continued Machiko Noguchi's story with... Um, Three World War. World War, right. And it really... And then you had the AVP 2010 game, which, again, that, that was its own story. And after Prometheus is is really when we saw this effort by Fox to turn the EU into something very connected. Like, even with Aliens Colonial Marines, we saw it. Oh, here's what was going on. Hicks really survived. Spoiler alert, whoever hasn't played the game yet. But <laughs> And then, you know, Alien Isolation with Amanda Ripley and all the stories now. So I think on some level, you know, inter- interconnectedness is... I mean, it's cool to see references to other things. We're fans, so we like to to see, oh, that reminds me of this other thing I read. But it's it's a fine line between shoehorning things and conning things to the point of where it's just ridiculous. Like if they go forward with the rumor of, is it? Uh, Ripley's mom. Ripley's mom, right. What's the character's name in Covenant again? Uh, Daniels. Daniels, that's right. Catherine Waterston's character. Um, I hope they don't do that, but if they do, it would be reflective of, it seems like this Fox thing where it's like, ooh, the fans are just gonna love this, and it's, it, it worries me because, I mean, look, look at an older comic like AVP Eternal. That had absolutely nothing to do with anything else, didn't reference Wayland Tunney or anything. It was just a cool story with aliens and predators, and I, I'm not so sure that Fox would allow that now. Um, outside of, of crossover series, because you are seeing some interesting crossovers with Judge Dredd, with Vampirella. Vampirella. Yeah. I, I will say, I, I, I read that Vampirella one, could just out of the novelty of it, and I thought it was going to be quite superficial, but okay, I'll read it. It's, you know, crossing aliens and, and vampires together, but I read it, and I was... I, I read that Vampirella one, could just out of the novelty of it, and I thought it was going to be quite superficial, but okay, I'll read it. It's, you know, tossing aliens and, uh, and vampires together, but I read it, and I was pleasantly surprised, and it did make me, it had the vibe of, as you say, those, uh, those 1990s comics where it did its own thing, but it, it felt right. It felt like those old comics, it did its own thing, it, it 
didn't handcuff itself to the immediate moves. It didn't mess around with existing continuity. It was just like, there are aliens in it, and they do their own thing. And it didn't feel like it contradicted anything. And it was a fun story. Just to take it back a little bit, because I, I know where you're coming from, but I think you're looking at it in the wrong sort of way. To me, Alien has always been a connected series. The, the three films follow on narratively. Obviously, this one superficial disconnect the cryo tubes look different in three ripley's hair looks different after she gets out of the cryo tube whatever and as we've mentioned the comics followed on directly from that yes a lot of them did go on and sort of do their own things but i don't think that connectedness is is the issue of quality you know you mentioned in 2008 towards 2010 when we had this sort of reboot era um you know you mentioned that they did do three world war which followed on um, mako um show, i can't remember which way around it is mako noguchi or noguchi machiko noguchi yeah. i think it followed on from from her, but the Alien series also called back to the original comics with the whole Earth invasion by the aliens. Thrill of the Hunt tried to sort of fix the disconnect between Resurrection and that old EU with the big deletion. Obviously, that's a fucking hammy as shit attempt at fixing it. Yeah. But, you know, again, the connection was there. It's To me, it's not the fact that they're trying to be connected. It's how they're trying to be connected. You know, it's yeah. it's it's a lazy attempt to connect with what they think fans love. I think you're right. I mean, I don't have any problem with, with stories referencing each other or being connected. I think, you know, on a fan level, that sort of stuff is pleasing to see from time to time. The thing I'm wondering about is the studio forcing creators to connect things that they would watch to I completely agree there. I think there's interference coming down from the top that don't necessarily understand what makes it good. But I think that focuses around them not knowing stuff. You know, I'm going to groan and fucking whinge like a little bitch when I come out of that cinema if they make Daniels related to Ripley. It's 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 an unnecessary connection. I mean, I think it's more the retcons that are, are issue as well. I mean, I, I don't like the idea of them retconning three and four to bring back Ripley and, and Hicks. You know, obviously a lot of people are, but I'm the kind of guy that likes... My, I like my story, I like my narrative. I don't want to fuck up this universe for... Um, for fan's sake, I suppose, you know, it's it's a callback to fan favourites. Stick my hands up to that, you know. I'm kind of thrilled with the idea of seeing my namesake on the screen but <laughs> overall you know I don't, I don't like the idea of forcing a change to go back to what fox consider to be the stuff that we love right and i think it goes again towards the whole fox not being confident enough in their own franchise i think you could make an awesome aliens movie that did not have hicks and ripley okay. uh that neil camp directs and it has his style and it would be amazing but I don't think Fox has the faith to do that. I think they think fans want to see Hicks and Ripley back together again. And some do. And, and some do. That's true. So, I, I mean, if they did, I don't know if I would even call it a retcon. I think it would just be an alternate continuity that they would do. And fans like, just too bad to me. like oh, I like Alien 3 or I like, um, you know, Alien Camp or, or whatever. So, but yeah, it's just concerning that things are becoming very convoluted now and if you yeah. stories in the background to all these stories that are already convoluted it'll just turn into a clusterfuck so yeah like things with star wars 
they vert as I understand it, virtually from the beginning they they had a department or a guy or something that was devoted to making sure everything kind of matched up. And although they've kind of thrown a lot of their in Europe out since Force Awakened, they still you know, they, they made a concerted effort to try and get things to fit together. The Alien and Predator films have never really had that from Fox. And that's why you had that thing where they were doing the sequel from Aliens but they brought out Alien 3 and it like contradicted the comics and the fans, some of the fans were like, oh, really? Oh, okay. So it was like they were, then they, as you say, they tried to make them match up later. But then even now, you very comparatively recently, you had the game Colonial Marines came out and Randy Pitchford was like, yeah, Fox declares this canon. And it was like Fox hadn't really bothered to see the end product. They were just, just went, yeah, yeah, just use it as a buzzword. It will make us some money. So it's like Fox is just looking at it in terms of how do we actually make this one actual thing? And they're, they're doing this thing about, the, you know, let's just force Ripley into Out of the Shadows. That will sell some well, as opposed to will this do something for the story? Will this actually make the story better? Or will it serve some kind of purpose? No, it's just a money spinner. I think it's, it's as you say, it's, is it necessary for the story? If we have something like that in Covenant where it's Ripley's mother or grandmother or cousin twice removed or something, will that actually serve a purpose? Because it could do. Or will it just be a name drop just for the sake of a name drop? Because at that point, it's just like fan service that might as well just not be there. There's no point. Just out of curiosity, um, out of those three eras that I mentioned, like the older comics kind of, the mid 2000s comics and novels and what we have now do you guys have like a favorite era where you remember enjoying most of the comics or novels you were reading or games you were playing i mean i i remember you know book one two and alien versus predator and i think i was in that group of fans that when they came out with earth war it it the whole direction even though it was like the same writer it just felt like it veered off massively in a whole different direction and i i don't think i write really enjoyed a story until I think it was um, Sacrifice came along and then it was like on and off on and off quality for me so it was it was like the early stuff was that block I have the fondest memories of and then it kind of like went off in up and down quality I, I didn't I didn't have the same wow I've got to get that as with the earliest stuff how about you I came into it after what they called the the golden age i came in just as that was sort of winding down <laughs> so i was i was mostly active for the sort of revival and, and this current um current reboot re- relaunch but i think we're never going to escape the fact that that golden age is when we got the most material mm. you see i i think my first comic introductions were some terrible fucking crossovers with um judge dread and I say terrible, This, I'm sure they, they might be good, but I personally just don't like the idea. So I was sort of introduced with them like that, but then I picked up Omnibus of Earth Hive and Nightmare Asylum, the novelizations. I think it was at that point that I probably just sort of got proper hooked in into the EU, and then as I learnt a bit more about it, I learnt more about what the EU is and you know the intent of exploring all these various bits and bobs, and I learnt about Destroying Angels Apocalypse, this comic that explored the space jockeys. I'd say that comic there is what made me dig in. I was like, yep, I like this, I want to explore more. You know, for every um, Labyrinth or Destroying Angels or Stronghold, you had some other piece of shit, I mean... <laughs> You did have some wacky stories. That what, what's the Duke Nukem one? I can never th- remember the guy's name. Oh, Herkmondo. Herkmondo. Yeah, 
I mean, obviously, yeah. I understand that's supposed to be a bit of a satirical <laughs> yeah. thing, but What's Jesus. Like Mondo Pest or something? Yeah, Mondo Pest, Mondo Heat, that was it. You know, you had some dodgy shit in there as well. But when we come to, we come to the revival, we get three comic series. You know, I, I kind of enjoyed Aliens, but they went nowhere with the story. Predator series was largely pointless and ugly. Three World War, I think I enjoyed most. And even then, the the artwork in that is inconsistent. All the alien novels that came out then were largely mares, including some, oh, fuck's sakes. Their best, in my opinion, was probably Criminal Enterprises, the one done by S.D. Perry. And one of the things I loved in that one was that it connected back to the old EU. You know, it was the Grand mm-hmm. Corporation. If I recall, you like Turnabout and South China Sea, too. The, the Predator stuff got progressively better. The Predator side was just... Started kind of dodgy on uh, Forever um, Midnight. You know, this whole reinterpretation of the Predators because John Shirley didn't even know about Perry's um, Yautja. Yeah, it was the Hish and they were like sex-changing things, weren't they? Mm. Well, when they did the next book, Flesh and Blood, I think it was, they used the name and some of the ideas, called it the Hish still. And that book and that interpretation of the Predators is probably my favourite um, version of the Predators is what I consider the closest to the movie Predators. Come on, Predator fans, just lynch me now. I'm sorry, but it's, <laughs> it's just how I prefer them. They were, you know, these sadistic hunters. And then you got Turnabout, which again was a return of one of the Perrys. It was a return of Steve Perry. And then you got to South China Sea, which is, in my opinion, the only 10 out of 10 book from Alien and the Predator books. Absolutely fucking nailed it. None of those were connected. I'll give you that, but I consider Predator more of a standalone franchise anyway. You know, none of the films directly tie into each other. And that has the most versatile of, of the series is for a narrative. You can do fucking anything with the Predator. Yeah, I was going to say the 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 continuity stuff is more of um, it's an alien. The kind of an, is, an, an issue for the Alien series when it when it and when it fucks up because it can be done right, but if it screws up, then it kind of really screws up for the predator fans that has not really been so much of an issue because of how you know the predator films are set in the same continuity but they're you know their own self-contained stories yeah that may become more of an issue with the upcoming novel because that is pretty i mean that isn't just going into the predator mythos that is rewriting taking it. place at the same time as the very first movie that started the whole thing off so that might the predator fans that you know more of a fan of predator than aliens they are they might start to have that same kind of stuff going on with their favorite thing well yeah so, that as well it's going to be interesting to see the fan reaction <laughs> i can't wait <laughs> we'll see but you i mean you see more predator comics and novels now that have aliens in them and elements of it's like with the rage war trilogy and with the comics predator is becoming more integrated to aliens avp and prometheus so i'm really curious about this upcoming predator film if they're just going to keep it you know completely separate or if they'll start to include little hints and nods that uh, bringing it back to the Aliens universe again, which I don't think they'll do. I think they're going to focus on it as a standalone film. But as far as the expanded universe goes, it's it's becoming pretty integrated the Aliens franchise. I think that the for the on the comic side of the thing, I, I didn't read so many of the spin-off novels, but certainly the comics for both the Alien and the Predator ones, 
Um, they always worked best when they felt like they were being not art style, but just the narrative when it felt like it felt cinematic, just the way it was being presented. That's why the first of the Aliens vs. Predator stories, the, the one that started that all off, that was um, written in a very cinematic way. Like you could, you, as we've said before, when you, you read through the original comic and you could see that it's like it's almost storyboarded for movie style. Some of the, especially the earlier Predator comics, they felt very comic book-like as opposed to cinematic. And I think whenever for both of the franchises and for the, you know, the crossover, the AVP one, it always feels better when it is cinematic. And yet when they do something like Alien versus Predator versus Terminator, now you, you think of that Terminator, that title, that concept, half of the audience out there now is groaning. The other half might be going, oh, wow, that could be awesome. And yet they had the chance to do the comic. One of the few comics that actually features Ripley 8, the clone, so it's actually got that continuity from Alien Resurrection. And it is one of the most fucking awful comics they ever authorised. But it's, it's, I think the key, and that is one where they went completely overboard for comic book style. But well, the comics always work best when they they feel like you're watching a, a movie in kind of like storyboard form. Yeah, I mean, also, just the tone of them. In the in the older comics too, you did see a lot of intentionally silly stuff and a lot of stuff that went overboard or was highly stylized. Yeah, um, and and you don't really see that anymore. So uh, I mean, a lot of those stories were terrible, but I don't I don't know. Like those those earlier days were probably my favorites too with with the comics, just because there was so much material. And yeah, you had you had a lot of lackluster stories but but you had some really good ones too so i think now with what they're doing you know i'm fine with things being interconnected i think on some level that's pretty cool to see that but i think it has to be the choice of the creator and not forced by the studio yeah completely agree with you Um, like recently with um defiance you know defiance is trying to be his own story i mean it has a lot of elements of of alien isolation I think that's largely stylistically, though. Yeah, but but most most notably being um, on the moon base where the protagonist runs into Amanda Ripley and it's just kind of thrown in there. So I mean things like that. I mean they're nice nods, but but when they're done so much, they feel mm. like they're just thrown in there so the fans will get excited. In, in, in a vacuum, though, that don't get me wrong, I completely agree in terms of the novels. Um, and all the chew-horned bits in that. You know, Ripley's a major distraction in the first book. As as much as I can believe there's a reason for the cloning marines to be there in River of Pain, they're not. The film doesn't mention no. them, and it's it's too hard for me to get over. And this is coming... I fucking love the EU. I, I, I will read all the books, you know, I, all the comics. I will try and go in there with an open mind. You know, I'm not one of these guys that will just make an opinion before it happens and go with it from that. I, and as somebody who's really open-minded about them, those inclusions fucked me off because they were unnecessary. But in a vacuum, for the the Amanda Ripley thing in Defiance, it's two panels. It's not intrusive to the story. She's brought up again slightly, you know, just and again, another mention in, I think it's issue four. That's not that's not a problem to me. 
But when you consider, yes, like you were saying, that it's happening so much, I can see it pissing people off. I can, I can see why you might find that annoying. But on, standing on its own, I think, I think it's fine. Personally, I think we're going to see Defiant sort of take on a semi-isolation sequel aspect to it. I, I think that might be where we're going. So in terms of that series on its own, that might be a, you know, a slow ramp up of introducing Ripley into the, into the narrative, in Amanda Ripley, into the narrative. And that is a sequel we need. Definitely. No, I, I would love more isolation. Um, I'm hoping if they do the VR release and that takes off, then there'll be more. Yeah, I was going to mention that, yeah. Needs to it sounded like that might be them putting a foot in the water to see if there's demand for a new one. I mean, I could see, I mean, we all know we're going off tangent here, but I could see a potential sequel to isolation possible you know if it takes if it happened like 2018 or 19 it might be like it's primarily meant to be a vr experience sort of thing and you know that's doing well i could see amanda ripley becoming more into little comics of her own sort of thing because they're going to see oh this is a character that's doing really well let's do more stuff focused on her but, um, I mean, as it stands now, they, they, they can't really do anything with Amanda Ripley. But, um, I can see them do, revisiting her in the future. Yeah, but that's, that's the thing. I don't, I don't get any hint from them. They, they, they've got something they're saving specific for a future game and they, they don't want to do it in any other medium because that's their leverage to get another game. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do it unless force, um, Fox forces them to. Well, just to sort of, Sorry, hijack you, hijack your podcast here a little bit. Um, it was something that came up earlier that I didn't get a chance to interject oh, with. Um, Fox didn't always have somebody looking after these things. You know, well, I suppose they'll always have the, the licensing people, but you know, it's not like it's not like Lucas. It's not like three three four three looking after Halo. There's not somebody there to oversee everything. But it is starting to go in that direction. You know, people that have been involved with the Wayland Utani report have reported that what's in there is now considered the baseline for you know the current canon. Yes, it's not all working for various reasons, but they are now trying to make a concerted effort to keep it all in line. You know, keep it all making sense. So obviously we'll see how that goes forward. They just need to be a little braver and, and move off in new directions, which they are doing now. I mean, yes, we're, bit, we're bitched about that original trilogy of novels. Original trilogy, that sounds weird. The, you know, <laughs> Titans <laughs> relaunch. Yeah. But we've moved there's, away. there's another one now with the Rage. Yeah, the Rage was. So we, like, we've moved away from this. Um, you know, book three of that Rage War, the final issue, uh, final issue, final novel will be out as of recording next week, at least in the UK. I think it, it's out probably now in America. I think, you know, that's, that's, a, my, so. sorry. I said I haven't received mine yet. So, my, yeah, so that, maybe it's out next week for you guys and the week after for um, the UK, but it's out soon. You know, that is, that's all pretty much original and that jumps off of story elements in, in one of those books, but you know, it doesn't hinge on, it doesn't hinge on Ripley. It doesn't hinge on elements from those original films. It doesn't hinge on original characters. You know, it's taken a story element and it's doing what the expanded universe is supposed to do. It's expanding. It it's, features the original creations from Tim Levin's book, the dog creature things. You've got this completely new faction of, of 
of humans that have gone off into the deep and come across strange and weird technology. That's what it should be doing. And, you know, there's these anthology series that are coming out soon. And they're going to, they're doing what people's asked for. You know, we've got cloning marines fighting other things than aliens. Oh, yes. Yeah. The, uh, is the that book a hunt. novel or? Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. a novel, um, anthology. You know, yeah. they, they are moving away. You know, I think there'll always be that panic and I'm, going to be worried about Ripley being in Covenant until I see the thing. <laughs> not, obviously not Weaver, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, we are getting there. It's, it's, for me personally, it's, it's the retcons I'm worried about now. As I said, I, yeah. I love the EU. I try and go in with open mind, but when I read that fucking synopsis for that Predator prequel, Sidewall, yeah. I don't, I don't fucking know what to call it. I was just like, no, 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 no. This is too much. That's what they need to fucking avoid from now on. No more Colonial yeah. Marines crap with the retconning of Hicks being alive. No more Ripley having a mysterious adventure in between Alien and Aliens. No more Colonial Marines on Hadley's Hope. They could have, they could have used Colonial Marshals. That wouldn't have been massively intrusive and that would have, you know, I could have believed one or two, pol- you know, little police guys rather than however many Colonial Marines were supposed to be there with fuck tons of pulse rifles and so much for small arms fire. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it makes it's on a colony of that size. You're only going to need a very small police force, very minimal security force. If that it's going to be more for, you know, there might be some kind of somebody's lost their child or something. Let's go and find them. But I mean, I mean, you had that kind of thing in the, in the extended version of aliens where, you know, Russ Jordan, who's got the face hugger on him, and, and his Anne, isn't it? His wife? Yeah. Think, yeah, Anne. Um, she radios in, and she's clearly calling for a, a rescue team to come out and face her. But you wouldn't you wouldn't need, like, colonial marines out in the m- middle of nowhere that's got nothing mm. valuable. they got better things to do. You've got the feeling when you watch a film, they're sent out if there's trouble somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and they might be on some kind of border that's got trouble or whatever but they're not just stationary in every colony it's got no real you know it's just a place nobody wants to be but yeah i, I yeah colonial marshals as you say something like that they didn't need to be colonial marines that was just another case of trying to make fans happy with what they thought we loved everybody loves aliens yeah. everybody loves the marines fucking throw them in there sorry i've gone on a right little rant there haven't i <laughs> True, it's true. It did feel, yeah, we're going to put colonial marines in Adley's opening. It's like, but guys, you're meant to be like before aliens, not yeah. happening during aliens, and you're trying to recreate that kind of vibe in the wrong way. If you want to recreate the vibe of aliens, do it with like a some kind of ticking time bomb thing behind there. Don't make it like push the same story elements in there. It's just, it, it's too fan servicey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't deny we're getting more content these days than we've had in a while since Prometheus, so I'm happy for that. And I hope we see more stuff like Aliens, Defiance, or the Rage War trilogy that's uh, edging towards uh, expanding the universe and telling its own individual unique stories. Um, I just hope that the the studio control does not get too overbearing, and I hope the retconning is minimal at most you know like it's it's not thrown in there left and right like we're starting to see so i mean the expanded universe is i mean we're we're always going to have it as long as they keep making the, these movies and, and probably long after too 
Do you guys have like a favorite piece of the expanded universe, your favorite game or whatever, a comic or book, like out of all of them you thought was the absolute best? Uh, it's kind of like the films for me because it depends on my mood. Um, you know, because like the films themselves, the, the EU is so many massively different entries. Now, I mentioned earlier how it was destroying angels that sort of made me really fall into the EU. You know, that's, that's one of my favorites. Labyrinth is one of my favorites. The novelization of Labyrinth is awesome. The novelization of Berserker, that is one of the best, um, alien books. Which is funny when you think about the, the comic as well, because the comic's such an over-the-top kind of misinterpretation of why people love aliens, and then you get S.D. Perry come along and turn it into this utterly fascinating and mature take on what's buried in there in the story of Berserker. But I think in terms of a complete 10 out of 10, I don't think they can be Predator South China Sea for me. That is so far the only one that I think has just been top-notch. How about you, Sam Morton? Um, for me, I I do in terms of like its own self-contained thing. I do always keep coming back to the first and the best one, which was Aliens versus Predator, the first one that they did. There are a couple of other comics that do always stick in my mind. It one would be Sacrifice, and the other would be I for, I for, Forgotten the name of it, but it is actually there's no there's hardly any actual humans in it. It's all done from the perspective of I think it is actually called Alien, and they're from this perspective of these tribal the ETs. Tribe yeah. yeah, and the, and there is an alien that's it's come aboard a, a, a human ship that is infested and it's crash landed, and that's how it gets on their planet. It's a really inventive way, and it it has no you know humans there for so it's all from a different it's this whole different perspective thing but it's done really well um the my favorite game is probably i love alien isolation but it's way too frustrating in terms of presentation it's it's the best one they've done but the most enjoyable one is probably the 2010 avp one um strokes but you know the, the the, yeah, I mean, the, the thing about this is, is, you know, you'll get some people that like some way of presenting these things that other people don't. I mean, it's, there's so much stuff out there that you can't, the EU over the years, you, you cannot accusing it of lacking diversity. Mm, yeah. And there, there's, there's, there's stuff out like, like the Kenner figures, they are batshit insane, but, I still love the look of the, like, the mantis alien and the snake alien. It just looks, it looks good. And I'm really glad that NECA is doing the updated versions. Like, so I, I really love how they look, the, um, like the modernized versions of those figures. So that kind of like takes me back, back to my childhood when <laughs> I saw those and I was like, yeah, alien figures. But, you know, as I matured, I, I, I came to realize, oh no, they didn't look all that great. But, <laughs> you know, a lot of this used to do it like nostalgia. You, mm. you go back. Like, I mean, I could say also, I don't, technically it might count as EU, I suppose. One of the first books that was released on this stuff, H.R. Giga's Alien. I mean, that technically that's a bit of EU. And that's a um, real world thing though, or, really. Or in, yeah, or in terms of fiction, the Colonial Marines Technical Manual. I mean, that ha- that is kind of like presented as a, a fictional yeah. thing that's written in in universe. Um, there are certain things that wouldn't, you know, you'd say, oh, that wouldn't work now. But um, 
yeah, there's the whole thing as it's presented is really nice presented, and it's one of those things you you go back to every so often. I've got in PDF format, and every so often I open it on the computer and I just take time just to read through it because just the way it was handled, it was done beautifully. It was far too dry for me that one was. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things you you just pick it in. It's just it's, well, it's completely really flavorful, nice, isn't you know, it? Say, yeah, yeah, it's beautifully done. About you, Rich up. I think for me, I mean, as far as games go, I'll just always love Monoliths AVP2, especially the campaign. I think that was the first time we really saw a good EU narrative in the games. games. Yeah, definitely. Up till that point, it had largely been adaptations, hadn't it? Yeah. Even Classic, AVP Classic, that was largely mini games that were sort of calling back to various bits from the films. Yeah, and that, the story, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Rebellion's original AVP, but that one, the story was more in the background, mm. whereas AVP 2 had more of a, a narrative that was, you know, it had cutscenes that was told by, by the characters, and they all had their own personal stories. And the in-game backstory as well, you know, you could pick up those little data pads with... Yeah, they had logs and stuff, and, and there was a really well-thought-out narrative to the planet, and... You know what the predators were doing there, and the jockeys. So that, you know, I just love AVP2. I really need to go back and play through the, the campaign of that. As far as novels and comics, I know it's it's not a popular choice, but I've always loved DNA War. I thought it was a really good standalone aliens novel. It's been a while since I read it, so maybe if I went back and, and read it now, I I wouldn't enjoy it as much. Um, I did like Harry's Prey adaptation of the original AVP comic. It's quintessential read that is. Yeah, and and I'm glad uh, we're getting uh, Armageddon now because this is really the fourth AVP novel we've we've ever mm. had. I suppose technically the Rage Wars has all been AVP, but yeah. Yeah, but but one with the AVP logo on it. Mm. We've only had four books of that, including this this upcoming one. But we don't talk about Hunter's Planet though. Shh. Oh, I, I that one just didn't happen. <laughs> You kind of that like that was one. the only original one of those not, um, yeah. little spin-off novels I ever got. <laughs> yeah, and as far as the comics go, I would say probably Eternal for me. It was interesting that AVP 2010, the video game, the last one from Rebellion, was kind of the last piece of expanded universe material to to reference the the Anderson films. I think there's like some sort of unwritten rule, though, that the stuff coming out has to allude to the latest stuff. Yeah. When DH Press was doing the um, doing their run, I spoke to Stephen Yule, who was the guy doing the cover art, and, you know, I said, what makes you use these particular designs? And the simple answer was, these were the last ones. You know, he had Celtic on his cover for Forever at Midnight, and he had, I can't even remember, I think it might have been Scar and some other dude on Flesh and Bloods, and it was literally just because it was the latest stuff. And that, that's something that kind of bugs me, too. I feel like they really need to up their game with the novel artwork. I mean, you look yes. at the old painted arts on the, the novel covers from the earlier days, and they were just unbelievable. And they were mm-hmm. done specifically for the novels, and now we're seeing just a lot of photoshops of elements from Colonial Marines or AVPR just mm. slapped on the book. So Could not agree with you more. You say about, like, there are certain things that link back just because they're, like, latest things that have come up, but um, sometimes that can be to benefit of something. Like, I... I remember one of the best things about the 2010 AVP game was that multiplayer mode, which was 
it was only there because of Anderson's film, and it was a multi-plan where you were in, you could be, you know, Marine, Predator, Alien, but you were in this constantly shifting pyramid. And mm, every so often, yeah. the entire environment was shifting around. That was around, a good map. And it just, yeah, it, it brought a whole new life to something that would otherwise be static, and you'd get to know where and everything suddenly changed every two or three minutes. It was a really fun just way to, it, it, it made you feel like you were playing the role of whatever you were being as opposed to just, you know, playing a game. I think we, we can always moan about certain things, but there's also plenty of stuff that we can find to love in the things that we might not necessarily love as much as the originals. You know, when mm. when when we do our podcast on, on AVP, on Anderson's AVP, which I hope to do, you know, within the next couple of episodes, yeah, it's a shitty film as far as I'm concerned, but there is stuff in there that I do enjoy. You know, and I'm sure it's the same for everybody. Yeah, and this sounds a little silly, but I, I was pretty happy about the um, the AVP pinball game. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> because... I've just, just got that on my phone, actually. Yeah, I was just like, this is the first you know Anderson AVP related thing we've had in a long time. I mean, obviously that doesn't count as the EU; it's just a silly little game. But still, just to see you know that that's still around in creators' minds, even if it's just for something like that, it was it was kind of refreshing to see. So I think, you know, as far as the expanded universe now, I'm super grateful how alive this franchise is, you know, how how much content we're getting. Um, I just think that with all that, the studio should not be too heavy handed in throwing in what they want on top of creators creativity. You know, let the creators do what they want. Um, if the creators want to do a story without Ripley, don't tell them they need to throw Ripley in there because fans love it, because not every story needs to have, have Ripley. Um, if you want some stories with Ripley that could be good stories, that's fine too, if the studio would, would approve of that. But I think these days they're being a little too aggressive with their retconning and with their referencing, and I think that there needs to be more of a balance personally. I, I agree. Um, in terms of the retcon stuff, I do think that really needs to be calmed down on. I think it's starting to look that way for Alien. At least Predator looks like it's going to suffer a proper sucker punch with the um, with the prequel novel, whatever it is. So yeah, keep being connected, keep expanding, keep building upon the past. Don't continue revisiting it. Stop trying to ham fist stuff into it because you think we'll love it. Try and do something good. Let 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 the let the authors, let the artists, let the writers just play in that sandbox and develop it and do do good with it. But but do make another Alien Isolation because that was awesome. yes Isolation Two. Please, it needs <laughs> needs to happen. Build that one up from the ground up to use VR as well. Oh, and then while we're on it, while we're on requests, new AVP game, please, modern support, oh, and yeah. a, a new AVP film that's you know what we sort of all wanted originally, you know. Christ, could, could you imagine? Could you imagine the AVP game done in VR? I mean, doing that just as the Predator with all the vision modes, just actually physically looking around in VR—that would be crazy. I don't think we're at FPS point yet, personally, but you know, when that kind of stuff is possible, that is going to be fucking awesome. Well, something that would be a lot slower paced, like Isolation, but did have a bit more combat and was the AVP universe, would be pretty stellar i'll be curious to see if they do actually do isolation in vr just to see how much that one works because you know vr i was a bit of a doubter of it to start with but i'm now at the point where i'm starting to get impressed with it but you know it's still in its infancy you know there's there's still a way to go 
yeah, the hardware is too expensive for me to try it yet, but it's going to eventually come down in price. Um, but talking about games, I mean, what, Ridge Top, what you said about your, will they ever let the Predator be its own thing in comics? They have, I don't think they've ever let, yeah, there's never been, not since I think the adaptation of Predator 2 way back in, way back when they've ever done like a predator only game there was concrete jungle and apparently the people that played it aliens right at the end yeah Yeah. um i know there there was right a long time ago i think it was the the, somebody named game gossip or something they they said they were part of it they they there were talks that were going they were going to do like a sandbox game where you were gta-ish yeah, and it was like GTA Predator, like before GTA was a thing, but it was like you were in a city, you had to, you know, go out and get trophies, whatever, but it was like a sandbox thing. I would love them to do that as a Predator game. Just, I love Alien vs. Predator game, but I would be interested to see them, someone do to Aliens like they did with Alien Isolation, but with Predator. Except, you know, be the alien or be the predator. But you, something which isn't AVP, just let the predator be a predator game. We have not had that for, there are people out there that, you know, they haven't been born, there hasn't been one in their lifetime. So I would really like to see a predator only game. And, and, and it's ripe for a really sort of, it's it the example I always come back to because I think it would be amazing is some sort of like, you know, we, we call GTA an open, an open world kind of game, you know, a yeah. sandbox game. With Predator, we could have an open galaxy game, you know, like, Pretty like, much, yeah. like I always say, it's massively versatile. You could have some other planets with some other, you know, extraterrestrials on there. There's a shit ton of stuff you can do with Predator. and Oh, yeah, Predator is pretty much accidentally tailor-made for a game environment. Hmm. Because you had you could have things like that. That could be like the training level. And then you could have these other things going on in the background. It would almost be Mass Effect, like without... Yeah, the, yes, Mass Effect. You know, without the lovemaking and drama scenes. But you could, it, Predator is tailor-made for a game. If somebody ever did that, that would be... It's perfect. So long as you were doing it from the Predator's perspective, because I don't... It wouldn't feel right now, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't. Th- I think if talking about will Fox let the Predator be its own thing in a comic, and they're starting to do that, but will they ever let the Predator do its own thing in a game? Um, I don't know if they. Were. I'm pretty sure they'd say no. They have to have aliens in it somehow. <laughs> I do think they're forever tied. I mean, together. well. Yeah, I mean, they're doing the come upcoming film. I, I was surprised with um, Predators that I thought they were going to do like a film tying game because they usually do those type of thing. And this did the upcoming one... Oh, yeah, completely. Oh, oh that yeah, game. that is a mobile... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, with, with this one, it's meant to be what they... You know, they're, they're heralding the upcoming one as um, a big tentpole movie, so maybe they'll do something game-wise with that. Anything else we have to add on the matter? Do you guys, I mean, do you like how the Expanded Universe is going overall right now? Are there any things you'd like to see differently? At the minute, I'm really enjoying the Rage War stuff. You know, there, there are a few little niggles I have with them, but that's just more being me being a bit nitpicky. I don't like them. I don't like them using the outger. Um, but I'm, I'm loving the direction they're going. I'm loving the tonal change because the books... It's it's a it's a wet description, but I describe them as like a soft hard sci-fi. It's it's not hard sci-fi, but it's kind of in that vein. 
and it feels completely different to any of the other novels or the comics. So I'm enjoying that sort of fresh approach. And, you know, I'm really curious to see where they go with these anthologies. You know, they sound like, obviously I've talked a little bit about the Alien one, we know they're going to be some other marine conflict that isn't related to Aliens with a capital A. Um, but the Predator stuff... It's going to be all over the shop as well. There's going to be... It's either a prequel or a sequel to... I can't remember which... To the Rage Wars. There's going to be... I think there was a sequel to Predator 2 or Predators in there. I can't remember which way around that was. Or it might be both. And there's going to be stuff all over the place. I think there's Viking story in there at some point as well. You know, which I'm I'm all for. Hmm. It'll be in the thread. I can't I can't remember what I've said about what I've found out. So, you know, keep moving forward. I'm I'm confident with games now after isolation. You know, give me something like that um, next time around. Keep moving forward with the books and the comics. Just stop tying so closely into Prometheus itself. Play with some of the other avenues it, it offered. Stop sticking to the Black Goat and the Deacons. Go and explore some of these other possible creations that the engineers have, have been responsible for. Expand. I think on, on that level, they're kind of waiting for... get some answers from from Ridley to to go off of. I think a lot of the EU is going to be dependent on that. I mean, I was glad just to hear, you know, that executive with Sega even bring up the possibility of of an Alien Isolation VR game because that means that they haven't, you know, they haven't forgotten they have the rights to this franchise. Still thinking about it, yeah. So that that doesn't just mean we could get an, an Alien Isolation VR. That means they could pursue other games going forward as well depending on how well that is received and how well covenant is received um but what about you xenomorph and are you currently satisfied with the state of the universe um i i'm gonna be contrarian and say no um <laughs> i i like the the tone of defiance so far but i it's not quite what i was hoping for um i did not like the first of the new um, novel trilogy, the Out of the Shadows and the other two. I, I did not like those. I won't give an opinion on the Rage War stuff because I haven't got to those books yet. I, I will read them, but I, I don't like what I heard they revolve around as a concept. However, I won't say, you know, that's going to colour my opinion because I might actually read them and go, oh, they kick ass. I like those. Um, I liked Isolation. It's a very frustrating experience, but as a as a presentation, it's beautifully done. So and fire and stone, I just thought it was treading water. So I think like the talent is it's there, it's kind of maybe coming together when it's given a chance, but it's it, it's not quite it's not where the things aren't at the stage where I would like them to be yet. And as I say, there are things like the that out of the shadow that that trilogy i i just downright didn't like those novels so um i'm still waiting for something to go yes that is what i wanted so um, i'm i'm kind of still waiting but i'm i'm cautiously optimistic it's like with covenant and um the hopefully what will become the blomkamp movie i'm cautiously optimistic with them so i'm i'm just a wait and see kind of guy I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy with a lot of the stories we're we're getting these days. I I'm still a little iffy about life and death, and I think Fire and Stone was a very mixed bag. Um, so the only thing I really worry about, like I've said before, is just the studio stifling um, creativity. I hope they allow um, artists and novelists to go off a little bit, you know, to to venture in their own 
directions as well as have the the integrated stories without going too over. Hmm. One of the things I really liked out of out of the shadows was the other intelligent ancient race mm-hmm. that they produced, which kind of made me think about um some of the set photos was seen of Prometheus, where they have like this kind of temple like environment where you see the corpses of engineers fighting another race that are not aliens. I doubt that the same race is, is described out of the shadows, but it kind of makes me have that thought. So, but but that. I don't think it'll happen because we've never really seen elements outside of the ABP films. We've never seen elements of the expanded universe thrown into the aliens films. I mean, predator films we had with, um, you know, like the, the, the predator skull hinting or the alien skull hinting at a, an ABP film, but we've never had really any elements of the EU making the aliens films at all. I wouldn't expect it either. No. I mean, even Blomcat, a lot of, that he gets a lot of stick in the, um, in the forums and they go, oh, he's a fan, but about I me, mean, he's, he's even gone on the record as saying, oh, would, would you like, um, to do like an alien version of Predator thing? And he's gone on the record saying he flat out dislikes the AVP concept. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, between him and Ridley Scott in the alien films, at least, I don't think there are going to be little EU mentions in anything whatsoever. Whether we might get something in the upcoming Predator film, I, I honestly don't know. I don't get any I sense. Wouldn't, I wouldn't the expect so. I, th- I think this is going to be largely on its own. Yeah, I, d- I don't think there's going to be like an alien in it, but I, I whether or not there might be little nods to something that's been mentioned, because, you know, the guy who's writing it, he has mentioned about, well, there is this already pre-existing universe, which makes me think he might be aware of some of the comics and novels and stuff, so maybe... I think this is just a little bit of supposition on my part. I think it's going to be... I know Predator's touched on it, but I think it's going to be like some sort of bad blood conflict. I feel like that prequel novels trying to introduce us to this, or reintroduce us to this idea of Predators fighting each other, or at least one Predator fighting each other. You know, bad bloods have been... A part of the law for ever. I, I can't remember when when that comic came out, when Bad Blood came out, but it was you know it's been around for a, a while now. I think that might be what it plays on. Have they confirmed that there's going to be more than one Predator character for the Predator? Not officially, but one of the things we've posted recently we came across was a fellow who was up for audition for the part of a Predator in the film, and he made a comment about multiple guys being cast the role or as a predator as predators so you know it, it might possibly be stunt guys and performers or whatever or it might be multiple predators who knows how would you guys feel if if they did include a little nod to the aliens films like let's say the movie has absolutely nothing to do with aliens but through a part of the narrative you hear wayland industries or something like that like do you think that would be do you think fans would be upset or do you think they'd be okay with that I think Predator fans would be fine with it, personally. If it was not in your face, you know, I don't mm. mind. I don't mind seeing the W on the side of a building in wherever they set in the film. I don't mind something like that. I wouldn't like to see another alien skull, but just you know, something subtle. I'm happy with that. Me personally, I, I think that the Predator films are more open for that kind of thing. So, I mean, it's already half the precedent is already there going back to Predator 2, so it wouldn't be like they'd be doing it for the first time. So, me personally, I 
I wouldn't mind at all. So I'd, I'd just, I'd probably watch it and go, <laughs> that was fun. So, <laughs> you know, I'd have a little giggle or something, but, um, yeah, the, the predator films, you, you, I don't know if you take them less seriously is the right way, but, um, you know, there's not as, well, they don't necessarily impact the alien films, whereas the alien films might impact the predator films a bit more if you know what I mean. Me personally I, I wouldn't mind, I'd just go, oh that was nice. Um, if it's more, something more on the nose, like, you know there, there's a, there's, they say at the end, yeah, well, you know you know what's going to happen next year they're, t- they're turning the US Marines into the Colonial Marines or something like that, I'd go oh, that's a bit too that's a bit too much but um, just a little, you know Wayland Industries or something um, I mean, you saw that. I mean, that was like a little cameo, like in The Grey. You had that. Um, was it Wayland or Wayland Utani? There was a little logo in that. That had nothing to do with the Alien or Predator film. That was just a, you know, a cameo for the sake of a cameo. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. As long as it's nothing too major, even an alien skull. As I say, that's that was already done in the Predator film. So in the Predator film canon, that's already happened. So I, I wouldn't even be bothered if it was an alien skull. Yeah. You know, I like the AVP concept anyway. So um, <laughs> if that does lead to an actual big budget AVP film that's you know decent, then all the better because you know it could lead to somewhere that's good. Yeah, agreed on that one. Well, I think we've thoroughly exhausted this topic. But um, if if you all in the forums have anything to add once this goes up, feel free to share your thoughts and or Facebook, Twitter. On how you think the expanded universe is going, um, we'll have another podcast that we're currently working on for you guys next month. Yeah, so I think that that about does it. Again, this is Ridge Top. This is Corporal Hicks. Xenomorphine. Signing off.